0: There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to vision. However and wherever you listen to vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily.
1: 2020,
2: bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au.
1: Hi, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome back to today's 2020 podcast on the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 live from 10 a.m. Eastern, that's 11 Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time, on the Vision Radio Network. Well, about 700,000 Australians tuned in to last week's Q&A program on the ABC, and a great deal of conversation was about Christian faith and science John Dixon, the Director for the Centre for Public Christianity, was the token Christian on the panel and was seated next to the renowned physicist and atheist Professor Lawrence Krauss. John joins Lee Hatcher now to discuss the experience and where he thought he could have done a better job defending the faith. John starts with what he thought of the whole experience.
2: Bracking, mm. there's there's no doubt. Uh, I was given a week's notice, and in some ways, I wish I only had like half an hour's notice, so I didn't have to live with the <laughs> the, the nerves. The preparation basically involved meeting quite a lot with my colleagues at the Centre for Public Christianity, and thinking through the kinds of topics that that might come up. Together, working out you know, what's the simplest way to put these things, because you you know you only have brief grabs what's the simplest way what would be the most helpful way to approach these and we prepared maybe 20 topics knowing that maybe only three would come up so preparation was pretty critical it's got to be said it was yeah. uh, so i met with justine toe and simon smart from cpx and we just thrashed around ideas and every now and then they'd they'd grill me like <laughs> i was being in an interview but in the end we we just felt uh, we'd read very widely we'd talked uh, widely But we knew that these kinds of opportunities often don't come down to content, but to the persona, those personal connections that that people can make with you. I said it was just
0: about the toughest gig, and I think it is. Why do you think it is, facing up to it and coming out the other end?
2: Well, it's one of the most intelligent shows on TV, so that's the start. In my case, I happen to be sitting next to one of the brainiest people I'd ever met, Uh, in Lawrence Krauss and so that makes it scary Tony Jones is phenomenal the way he can move a conversation direct a conversation he is very commanding without being a bully or anything like that so that also makes it very intimidating and then of course yeah the the idea that 700,000 plus are watching ups the ante a little bit
0: yes you said you prepared to speak simply but it was pretty high in material as well how do you match those two?
2: You have to try and put the ideas as simply as you can. I'd read Krauss's book, but more than that, I spent five hours with a local professor of physics from Sydney University on uh, on the weekend just to go over to make sure I'd really understood Krauss's argument. So I was very confident that I'd come to understand it and understand it in relatively simple terms, even though it's about quantum mechanics. Good luck. <laughs> well, and, and, and this professor of physics uh, actually said to me, anyone who thinks they get quantum physics doesn't get quantum physics. So that was that was lovely. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know. In the end, you just try and put it in layman's terms as best you can. I, I'm not sure that I did perfectly in that regard, but um, I gave it a crack. You've actually
0: changed your mind a bit about how the ABC deals with matters like this, especially with Christian
2: faith. Well, changed my mind over years, I'd say. It wasn't just a paradigm shift on this episode of Q&A. I've observed for years that a lot of Christians think that the public broadcaster is against Christians, and the commercial stations are against Christians. I don't agree, and I haven't for years, actually. He was a perfect example. Talking with the producers of Q&A in the build-up to it, it was crystal clear. They wanted a friendly, nuanced, sophisticated conversation about science and Christianity. They made that so clear to me, and I think everything they did to set up the show endorsed that. So I was very well pleased. The media doesn't always get Christians. (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed. (laughs) But they're not out to get Christians, if you take the distinction. So I think there just needs to be a little more Uh, a little more relaxed and confident approach to these issues.
0: I'm not about to say well you're the only guy who can do it well but it is often determined by who speaks and how they speak.
2: I guess that's true. I actually, to be honest with you, don't think I did that well Uh, I was relatively disappointed with Some of the things I said, probably more disappointed with the things I didn't say. (laughs) I've been cheered up a little bit because of the response from both Christians and uh, atheists and agnostics. So I'm not I'm not depressed about how I went. I'm at an equilibrium point. I've realised I probably didn't go as badly as I thought, and I'm certain I didn't go as well as others thought I did. (laughs) So somewhere in the middle, right? But it's it's right that a lot of people are reacting to the fact that it wasn't a battle. It wasn't angry. It was. Uh, it was sophisticated, but it was also personable. And Lawrence Krauss and I were very friendly to each other. I made a, a point in the green room before we went on, on the show of introducing myself to him and talking about a mutual friend in a professor of physics. It, I really wanted to humanise it, uh, for him and for me. Yeah. A lot of people have commented that he got a really good bun. Yes, he, he did. I don't think that was ABC bias or even Tony Jones bias. I think it's because he was the international guest. He was the world-famous Lawrence Krauss. So, of course, he's going to get more of a run than the uh, director of the little CPX.
0: I'm surprised that you have had regrets about
2: how it went. I mean, we all do, don't we? You come out of a conversation and, you know... Especially if the intensity of that, yes. Exactly. You you can't micromanage everything you say. (laughs) There were things I regret not chiming in and saying, For instance, when Lawrence Krauss, just in a run of things he was saying, suggested that science was the reason we got rid of slavery. And I wanted to chime in. I didn't, but I I sort of regret not chiming in that his history from billions of years ago might be pretty good, but his history of the last 2,000 years isn't as good Mm. because there's no way science got rid of slavery. But you let that one go. There There are things I regret actually saying, I think I shouldn't have repeatedly talked about the new atheists, because that's become a loaded term now. And I think Richard Dawkins has made that kind of atheism pretty ugly. To speak about Lawrence Krauss as a new atheist, even though he is very good friends with Dawkins, I think was to load it too much and and to sort of try and poison the well. I didn't intend to, but I think that's that was its effect. So I regret that. The other thing I regret is there was a lot of talk about creationism, young earth creationism. We knew this topic would come up, and I had insisted in in my own mind that I wanted to convey a kind of love and fraternity with my uh, young earth creationist Christian brothers and sisters while disagreeing with them about both the science and and how to interpret Genesis 1. But in the moment, I don't think I conveyed that as well as I should. I regret that, and uh, six-day creationists are probably right to uh, write me the love mail that they have been since. Uh, All I can say is, if I had my time again, I'd at least demonstrate that I really don't think they're idiots for thinking what they think, uh, and they are really my brothers and sisters in Christ.
1: You're listening to the 2020 Podcast on the Vision Radio Network. We continue now with the conversation that Lee Hatcher is having with Dr John Dixon. John is the director of the Centre for Public Christianity in Sydney and last week was the token Christian on the ABC's Q&A programme. They've been discussing what John saw as his shortcomings in expressing some of the truths of Christianity in what is often a hostile arena, but also what the experience itself was like.
0: On the positive side, What do you say about, as a person who's kind of gone through the fire of this and emerged intact, still alive, what do you say about how to speak, how to communicate Christian faith effectively?
2: Not be defensive. It's really important not to try and prove every point, uh, win every point. You can just take a long-term approach. Uh, This was an hour conversation. Uh, It didn't matter that I didn't win various points in the end what mattered is that i didn't seem unreasonable uh, except you know some people thought i was unreasonable and um i didn't seem rude um and you know i wrote down on my scribble notes that i had in front of me uh, the words prautas kaifobos which is, And I wrote it in Greek because I didn't want anyone to be able so, to see what I was he saying couldn't Right? Read it. Yes. But this is from 1 Peter 3.15 Where Peter says Always be prepared to give an answer And then he says but do this with gentleness and respect And in the end that's the most important thing It doesn't matter that you don't have all the answers It matters that you convey Jesus In how you answer with gentleness and respect You can't honour the humble Lord By speaking arrogantly
0: But it is a big thing to say in communicating Christian faith, debating it, even conversing about it, that it's okay not to win every point.
2: Yes, but human communication is not really about winning points, it's about winning human beings. It's entirely possible to win an argument and lose people. So I just think, of course you don't want to go out and lose all the arguments, but it's much better to, to be engaged in trying to win human beings with a sensible and gracious approach.
0: I think one of the things the whole exercise demonstrated was that there was a different kind of Christian faith, one that is lived out in the lives of so many people, so many of our listeners on Open House, than you generally see portrayed on the media. It's a different kind of faith to that.
2: Well, I think it's probably, because the media doesn't really know Christianity very well, like I said earlier, they don't really get us. They don't know who to call on, and nor do they know which groups really are representative. They're just shooting in the dark. They go, oh, I've heard that person before, we'll get that person on. And because that person's been on, the other station invites that same person on. They have no idea how representative they are. But it's true, there's a, a massive group of Christians, could I say the majority? Perhaps, who don't feel represented by the major spokespeople for Christianity. And I'm not saying, you know, I am the spokes- no, 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 person no, no. they no. need, but I'm happy to be in the mix yes. as just another option. Can I ask you this? In the
0: year of 2013, which I suspect for a lot of Christian people is going to be a really tough year to stand with this faith in the midst of the Royal Commission into Child Sex Abuse, it will be understandably very uncomfortable. How do we speak? How do we relate? How do we connect amidst that kind of swirling debate?
2: We don't be defensive. Church structures, church people have done terrible things, and this is going to be exposed in the Royal Commission. So we're honest, really. We have to be yes. honest. Yeah. And more than that, we have to be willing to sacrifice our honour, the honour of the church, in order to make amends, in order to apologise. And that's just what the gospel would require of us, because we follow the Lord who gave up his honour to go to the most shameful point in the world a Roman cross such humility. He put up with such mockery and injustice and I think has shown us a model of serving and self-sacrificing. So even if it costs the church profoundly, we must be willing to put up with that because the wrongs are real and there's no there's no hiding from that. But the thing I would say is that we shouldn't get too depressed because the church at its best is beautiful and a gift to the world a local christian community doing all that it can to serve the wider community is the ultimate apologetic i said to my own church in the sermon the sunday before the q a episode we're doing a series on the church and i said to them whatever happens tomorrow night on television Uh, whether the christian goes down (laughs) or or whatever what we're doing together in our community is even more important because it, it is the ultimate apologetic there may be someone in my suburb who's cynical about christianity not persuaded by any arguments they've heard in the media but they bump into real living christians who are serving in that community that undoes the cynicism in a way an argument from my mouth can never do Trouble for the vast majority of us
0: is that we haven't got a PhD in New Testament history. We're not a gifted communicator. Where
2: does that leave us? Well, this is why that 1 Peter 3.15 passage is is so crucial. Peter says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, but do this with gentleness and respect. He doesn't tell us what to say, but he tells us how to say it. And I think this is because you can convey the gospel in the manner in which you speak, the the kindness, the gentleness, the respect. So you may not have all the answers, but you have the measure of Jesus, and that conveys an enormous amount. So don't worry about the head knowledge. It's about the heart and the attitude toward the person. There's a real sense
0: in a fair bit of the New Testament of conveying, promoting, communicating, connecting Christian faith with people, actually without a word,
2: yeah, in fact, earlier in uh, One Peter, in in chapter three, the very beginning of chapter three, he he tries to encourage the women married to non Christian husbands, and Peter says that the wives can win their unbelieving husbands over without a word, and it's quite striking. Anu logu, it says in Greek, without a word, right? It, 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 he's emphasizing that the behaviour of the wives is a powerful promotion of the gospel. Now, clearly, those husbands will hear the word from someone else, perhaps, not necessarily the wife. But it, but Peter is happy to say the behaviour of the wife is the thing that wins the person over to the word. And I think this teaching applies to all sorts of contexts where it's difficult to say a word. There are relationships and power differentials, difficult social situations... Where well, you can't say much about Jesus, but Peter's saying, "Your life speaks."
0: So, after emerging intact from the lion's den of Q and A, you up for another one?
2: <laughs> yes, definitely. You're a brave it's man. entirely in their and hands. Good, I think great. I've no, I've no idea what's no. going on there, but I, I rather liked it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of not surprised, and it's an important thing to do. Congratulations! I think you did really well. It's an amazing achievement. John Dixon, thank you so much for joining Thank you. Us. Bye-bye.
1: Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of
2: any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.